So I love it when different parts of my work life and of my identity come together. And this is one of those episodes where it's going to happen. Welcome to Adventures in Podcasting. My name is Pilar Orti, and this is another short episode that I am publishing as part of National Podcast Publishing Month. <laughs> I forgot what it's called at this stage. Anyway, we're committing to podcasting every day. And today, different parts of me are coming together. It's the podcaster, here I am. Also the scientist, did you know I have a degree in biology? I love science, I love reading about science, I love to question statements and research and things that people say are true. I love to question them with the eye of the scientist. Really? How many? What percentage is that? Is that a high percentage? How many people were in the study? I love doing that. And then for quite a few years now, I have been, well, I was consulting. I'm now writing and podcasting about the world of remote work. And at the moment, I am writing a book, which is part memoir, part experiment, part reflections. Well, memoir is reflections about different aspects of remote work. And I am using ChatGPT to create Shakespeare adaptations of Shakespeare speeches and give them the content of remote work. I didn't explain that very well. Just to say, might as well, sometimes this is timely that, oh my God, what's happening with OpenAI <laughs> over the weekend. So we'll, we'll see what happens with, uh, with ChatGPT. But anyway, moving on, remote work. I am currently writing the chapter for this book that is called All the Worlds, a Workplace. This book has a chapter on loneliness. And through writing about it, I thought, well, I mean, you could go on forever about that topic. And in fact, I did do a whole season for 21st Century Work Life that someone else actually took over. And we were going to write a book based on that season, but it never happened. I have done webinars and workshops on it with Dr. Richard McKinnon, and it's a huge topic. So I was trying to figure out what do I have to say about this? And in writing, I realized that you see, I have quite a strong reaction against all these things that say you need to go to the office because we're social animals, because I always think that we don't all get our social contact from work, but many people do. And then thinking about this, and when I was writing, I thought, the thing is that at work, we express a certain part of ourselves, a part of our identity is very linked to who we are in the work context, whether it's because it's through the work we do and that helps us express something about us, or through the people we interact with, or through the role we have. All of that is important. And therefore, if we are working remotely, sometimes we do a lot of work individually and we lack some of those interactions just because of the nature of schedules as well. It's not just distance. And so that's why it's important that we look at it because what we don't want is not just about being with people or having social contact. It's about, do we have an outlet for a certain part of our identity or personality? And in thinking about that just now, I thought, is that similar to podcasting? Is it an outlet? You remember I had a couple of days ago, I had an episode on podcasting as therapy, but actually it's about a part of our identity. 
And so a part of my identity that I wanted to bring out in this podcast is this part of my scientist. And I think it's quite fun that in an episode within Adventures in Podcasting, I feel like I can share this with you. So it's a very short piece of research and it's not groundbreaking or anything, but I just thought, oh, the, re- the reason why it's, you know, it's short, etc., and fluffy. So I think we can talk about it here. It comes from uh, a blog post over at the British Psychological Society, so bps.org.uk, and I'm subscribed to their weekly newsletter. So this came through and I thought, oh, why not? So I'm going to just quote what they did. The title, if you want to Google it, is a very short blog post. The title is Smell Changes How We See Colour. New research finds that odors can distort the colors we see, though the exact reason why remains unclear. Can I just say that the distortion is not huge? So it's not like <laughs> we're looking at a red cloth and we eat an apple and we see the cloth blue. No, it's not like that. So this is a piece of new work led by Ryan J. Ward at Liverpool John Moose University, and it was published in Frontiers in Psychology. I'm going to quote directly from the blog post. The team studied 24 people aged between 20 and 57 who self-reported to have no impairment in their sense of smell or color vision. The scientist in me says, good, they're making sure that these are not people who are experiencing the world differently to what we would expect. While each participant sat in a dimly lit room that had been purged of odors using an air purifier, the team used a diffuser to repeatedly pump in a series of five odors. Caramel, cherry, coffee, lemon and peppermint, plus water as an odorless control. Great, the scientist in me says, control. Only 24 people, but at least there was a control. At the same time, the participant was shown a color patch on a screen. And then using two sliders, the participants had to adjust the level of green, red, blue and yellow in the patch until it resembled a neutral gray. So basically, they're playing around on the screen to say, what is the the color that I'm seeing? being given a patch, they're given a bit of colour and then they have to try and reproduce it. When Ward and colleagues analysed the results, they found that when water had been released from the diffuser, the control, the participants created colour patches that were indeed objectively grey. However, these greys, the greys created while they smelled each of the odours, were a little different. Right, I'm going to continue. I hope I'm not breaking any copyright laws. <laughs> but do go and check out the blog post on bps.org.uk. Now, apparently there's already been work done around linking particular odors to specific colors because it, it seems like we do. Like we associate, for example, the smell of caramel. So these are all the ones that they used in the study. We associate caramel with dark brown, yellow, coffee with dark brown and red. Interesting. Cherry with pink, red and purple. Peppermint with blue and green. And lemon with yellow, green and pink. So except for peppermints, these odors, as people were smelling them, they shifted the color that participants perceived to be gray towards the odor matching the associated color. So for example, caramel led to a shift in grey towards a yellow-brown, cherry and coffee towards red-brown, and lemon towards yellow-green. 
And then they say, interestingly, peppermint led to a shift towards brown-red, which was not the color association found in the earlier research. So basically, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know why this happens. They think it is because if we perceive an odor and the odor is associated with something that we know, or we associate that object with a specific color, we decide that we want to associate the odor, odor with a certain kind of gray. So it's all about being consistent in, in what we are perceiving. And it's about matching what we know about something with what we are experiencing. Was that interesting to you? I would love to hear p at adventuresinpodcasting.com or if you're my mother who I know listens every day, you can tell me when we next speak. <laughs> adventuresinpodcasting.com for the contact form and I would love to have an audio for you if you have a bit of time. Just email it through p at adventuresinpodcasting.com under 10 minutes. See you tomorrow. My name is Pilar Orti. That's it for today's thoughts and adventures in podcasting. I would love to hear your thoughts. So if you want to get in touch, head over to adventuresinpodcasting.com. My name is Pilar Orti. Thank you for listening. Keep podcasting. Keep podcasting.